Hello and welcome back to Akashic Record Truths. As promised, we are going to talk about what was in my mom's bedroom. So before we start, just want to apologize if you can hear any fans in the background. It is very hot here on the Gold Coast today and Jada and I just cannot breathe in this room that we're trying to um, do this podcast in. So hopefully it's not too annoying in the background. So to start off, I guess the reason why I want to share this experience with you is because everything that we covered in the last episode is stuff that I've experienced previously, but this happened to be a bit different. Um, So I thought, why not share it? Maybe give you a different perspective of what could potentially be going on in your life. And maybe um, if you are having issues in your room, you might just automatically, you won't automatically jump to the conclusion that you just need to remove it and maybe you need to deal with it in a more open-minded way. Okay so Jada and I knew that something was in our was in my bedroom. I had been losing sleep for quite a few nights about a week actually and something was screaming at me in the middle of the night but also I'm really afraid of spiders. When there's really bad energy and stuff I tend to see spiders in the bedroom. I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming that there was balls of spiders in the in the air or whatever and that happened quite a few nights. Kept waking my husband up and annoying him with that. Just dead set. I'd have to leave the room like I think I think I did I, I actually came and slept in your room didn't I when I get to that point I'm shaking out my blankets I'm like convinced that there are spiders in the bed and I need to because I can't see anything I just assume that they're still hiding in there somewhere so I need to go to like the couch or to another bedroom or whatever so um, this had been going on for about a week and I was like really tired I, I could barely function during the day I was so tired so anyways Jada came to me and said uh our house, our main guide or Jada's main guide, Millie had um, told her that there was something in my room and I needed to deal with it. So that's what we did. So when we started this episode, we hadn't fixed what was in there, didn't know what was in there, didn't know what was going on. So we did what we usually would do and go to cleanse the room. You know, we had some sage, which we usually attach some crystals. We even had a feather on it and um, went in there and I what guns a blazing I guess and telling it to get out assuming that it was you know its usual entity or whatever and it actually turned out that it wasn't that at all so Jada one of her gifts is being able to see these sort of beings or all beings in general whether good or bad so as soon as I started to tell it to leave it started talking to Jada um, Jada what did it tell you and what did it look like it looks like a black and purple fog. It said, I'm not leaving. Uh, she's not listening. I'm trying to give her a message. On the other side, mom was yelling, get out. <laughs> I was freaking out. I was just saying, get out, get out. You're not welcome here. Get out. <laughs> and Jada, <laughs> and this uh, being was pretty stern with you, right? Like yeah. pretty angry that yeah. I wasn't listening. Even in that in that moment, I was, it was upset that I was being so harsh and not listening. I said, what is it with you? Things bothering me in my sleep or something. Do you remember? No. <laughs> he said, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to be bad and you're not listening to the to the messages I'm not used to someone trying to send me a message in my sleep that is generally a good one. Uh, after that, this being was adamant that he it wasn't leaving. So Jada said I needed to sit down and grab out my um, my cards because Jada can see and channel beings. But for anyone that's gifted knows, especially when dealing with things themselves, that you have it's kind of cryptic. 
Like they can't just give you the answers. You have to figure it out for yourself. They can give you hints, they can show you stuff, but at the end of the day, you have to figure it out for yourself. You can guess it and you can work it out and then they can share a little bit more, but you have to physically work it out first. Did it ask you to grab out the cards or did you tell me to do it to work it out? You said pull out your cards. And another thing, on your sleep, the reason he kept coming to you in your sleep is because you weren't listening to the messages during the day. Oh yeah, so this this is where this gets a bit convoluted. This is actually quite a big, a big story because for weeks I had been receiving white feathers and um, my cards had kept saying that family members uh, or a family member was trying to connect with me or that they were around me and I haven't lost a lot of family um, in my life so there's only a few people it could be. I also know who's reincarnated and who's not really available or who wouldn't be reaching out to me. When I was pulling them the only person that came to mind was my grandfather. And me and my grandfather didn't have a very good relationship or didn't have a good relationship with my immediate family at all because he, him and my father didn't get along very well. I have very few memories of him and they weren't very good memories. I kept saying to my family, someone's trying to reach out to me. They keep leaving me feathers everywhere. Then I would find coins and all these signals that somebody was trying to reach out to me. And I, um, you know, thought, kept saying to my family, oh, it must be my grandfather. Like I'd there wouldn't be anybody else. And I kept saying, I don't think I'm really ready to, I'm not even sure I'm ready to communicate with him because I just don't really have anything to say to him. Like that in itself is a big long story. He was quite a, you know, grumpy old man, but he, he hurt a lot of people when he was here. So anyways, moving on from that, I kept receiving these white feathers for weeks. And then all of a sudden the feathers started changing color and they were black feathers or very dark brown feathers and I was getting them every day. And um, <laughs> I was like, that's really weird because they were white and I was getting messages that were good and then all of a sudden they started changing to messages that were more warnings and these feathers were now dark which symbolize a warning. And I was like, I, do I still don't understand what is going on. It was like flip reverse, so I was very confused. Yeah, there was also the big fall of yeah, so <laughs> towards the last, probably the last day before Millie had said that something was in my bedroom, my middle child went outside to um, grab something out of the car and there was a dead bird on the ground um, next to my car, which we had been come out of the car like within an hour or two hours prior to that and there was no dead bird there. And it had just seemingly dropped out of the sky. And my daughter's gift is all about nature and about the animals. And when something dies, it is really bad for her. Like it is, cause she doesn't really understand her gifts and things yet. She's traumatized by, by this sort of stuff. So she came in just losing the plot um, that there was this dead bird outside next to our car. But Jada, like again, when you're in the situation, you don't get all of the information. So Jada just randomly said to me, oh, well, if that isn't a sign, I don't know what is a dead bird full of black feathers. So I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's rough. That's kind of mean, no, thinking nothing of it. Anyways, so then here we are in this room and it turns out it was a sign from this being in my bedroom. He had dropped the bird there. 
he kept going on about all the signs he was showing you. Yeah, oh, she's not listening. I've shown you black feathers. I've shown you all sorts of things, and you're just not listening. I've even shown you things in your cards and everything. So. Yeah, so he was pretty adamant, like, he needed to get this message across to me. So at this point, I grabbed out my cards, and he showed me a very clear picture of what was going on, or a much clearer picture of what was going on, and it was all intertwined together. So he had showed me a baby and pregnancy, and I had actually lost a baby in November very early on, but I this baby I've known for two years I was going to have, and we've had lots of connection together in this two-year period. That that's a very long story all on its own. But because I, it's already kind of like pre-planned and stuff. And I'm just, I'm, I just have a very different understanding of death and life and how the libraries of heaven work and how birth works. I didn't make a big deal out of it when I lost the baby. I essentially, I was doing things that I hadn't even, I was so busy. I forgot the dangers of certain things in your daily life. There was one time when I was picking up a mask for resin projects and I had called my husband and I said, oh, should I get this mask or like a full respirator mask? And he said, well, you're trying to get pregnant, so you should probably have a full respirator. And I had said, oh, I didn't even think about that. I was really just doing it for my health. And I was like, oh, that's good that you picked up on that. So I noticed that there were a few times like that. We were making candles inside the crystal shop and and we were using oils and stuff. And I realized that a lot of the combinations of essential oils that we were using were not recommended for pregnant people. I was pretty positive I was pregnant. It was early on, so I hadn't tested it or anything like that. But because again, I knew I was expecting him in the middle, uh, sort of the middle of November, I assumed I was already pregnant. So then all of a sudden I started getting all this guilt around this baby and, and, and the harm that I might have done to him, you know, while I was being exposed to all these things I hadn't really considered. We manifest what we think about and unfortunately um, it got to a point where my guilt took over and, and I lost the baby. Now because it was early on, I didn't really have any proof other than my connection to spirit. So everyone in my family other than Jada didn't really know if I was actually pregnant, but I knew. So I'd asked Jada, I said, is he okay? And she said, yeah, he, it's fine. He's back up in the libraries of heaven and you can just retry. It'll be okay. You understand them, you know, that the situation that I hadn't been very careful and, and that I needed to let that go. And that was fine. So moving on from that, my husband and I had decided to wait until after Christmas to try again. Essentially get pregnant after after Boxing Day. We had some family coming to visit um, or some friends and some, you know, some plans over Christmas. And I thought, okay, well, why don't we wait until after all of that's over? Things will be a little less busy, but also it will give me time to kind of figure out exactly what it looks like in the crystal shop the kinds of things that I need to be careful of and be prepared for that before I get pregnant again. So a little bit more time to just be a bit more cautious. And ultimately then after the holidays, that meant I, you know, eating prawns and shellfish and all the bad things that you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant meant I could get that all over with and then we could try again. A little bit selfish on my part, but ultimately the big picture was just being more prepared for the next time I get pregnant. I didn't think much of it. Me and this baby have been planning on him coming to us for, like I said, two years. 
left it at that and then um, I started getting all these feathers and all this sort of stuff started happening after Boxing Day because we didn't really rush to get pregnant. So back onto this being in the bedroom. The first reading that he provided me was about the baby and I wasn't really sure about what it could be. Maybe I wasn't going to be able to get pregnant or something like that and I was trying to work out what he was trying to say and had he shown himself by this point? He was, he was still that dark fog appearance, but at that point he was he was leaning in to tell you who he was. He did say that he wasn't the baby. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, so the reading ended up being, believe it or not, that because of my understanding of how things work, I wasn't really, I didn't really take into consideration all parties. So when I lost the baby, I kind of, you know, just replanned and didn't really make a big deal out of it. Like I said, Jada said he was safe in the libraries of heaven and everything was okay. And I left it at that. Well, the white feathers was actually my baby. And I didn't even register that it could be, that it was him. Um, I really just thought it must be my grandfather or someone who's passed in my life. I didn't really think about the person that was still a spirit up in heaven. And I guess at that point he had passed too, hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he had passed that month. So anyways, he was sending me all the messages and then when I wasn't understanding that it was him and that I, like, I wasn't connecting with him at all, he got really hurt and he thought that I didn't want him anymore. So up in the libraries of heaven, when you choose a family, that can be changed. You can go back in and redesign your life and choose a new family if that isn't working for you or, you know, all sorts of circumstances can come up and they can change that at whatever point. So he didn't see um, my decision to um, wait until after Boxing Day as a good reason um, to wait. He looked at it as he wasn't a priority for me. And that... Yeah, you were putting it off. Yeah, and, and because we didn't get... We didn't try right after Boxing Day, it kind of like solidified that for him in his eyes that, oh, maybe she just doesn't want me at all sort of thing. And that wasn't the case, as I explained before. It really was what I said it was, and but he just didn't see it that way. So he had actually kind of contemplated maybe looking for a new family. In the libraries of heaven, when you're creating your family, you would be in a stage where before you solidify what you want, you can create everything and then it's kind of like a button where you just say, okay, I'm ready now, and then you're stuck in. But you can always go back into that spot. So he had been in that spot for a while and then in the solidified spot and then he went back into creative mode and that's... Yeah, so in this creative mode, he was looking at potential other families at this point in time and this being in my bedroom was warning me that I was about to lose my child because he understood that wasn't my intention. This baby, this baby's very new. He has never lived a human life before. In fact, he's never lived a life ever. He's a new soul. So he, um, although he happens to be extremely wise for being new, he doesn't have any experience with emotions and that sort of, he's very um, emotionally young, whereas this being is very experienced. He knew the difference that what I was feeling here wasn't what the baby was thinking I was feeling. And um, so he came to warn me that if I didn't act fast and I didn't um, resolve this issue, I could potentially lose the baby that I have been expecting to have for the last two years. So at this point, he then decided that he was going to share with me exactly who he was. And he was her grandfather. 
so the person she thought in the first place. Yeah. So he had to mention that he wasn't he wasn't there. He wasn't the white feathers. But because I kept mentioning that I thought it was him, it actually called him in. And that's when he noticed that there was a problem that I wasn't actually receiving the message from the baby in the first place. The reason why I'm sharing this story is because generally I go in waving my sage and screaming at beings that um, are keeping me awake at night or providing me negative messages to get out. And in this case, he really was just trying to warn me and let me know that something terrible was about to happen in my life. It wasn't that she needed to keep going, though, like be really adamant on trying. She just needed to take some time and connect with the baby. So she went out that night after we dealt with it, and she sat out in the grass. Got absolutely <laughs> eaten alive by sandflies <laughs> all over my body. <laughs> but yeah, I spent an hour with him apologizing for not... Not reaching out. Not reaching out or not not taking the time to... Consider his, his feelings about the situation. Yeah. So... The end conversation with my grandpa was actually quite interesting. He wasn't a purple fog at the end, was he? No. So the reason why he was a dark being was because he came with warning messages. So that was like the energy he took on once he had said what he needed to say and we were more on like um. He was still white fog though. After he dealt with the situation, I could see that his fog started to change color to go white. And that was his emotions becoming calm so we had you know a conversation about the stuff he had been going through in the libraries of heaven and about making poor choices when he was here on on earth and the people that he hurt and yeah it was a very good conversation it was there was a lot to take in because there was that huge message about the baby and then all of a sudden there was this relationship that I didn't really have with my grandfather that turned into a lot of mixed emotions but also it kind of resolved two things all at once so my grandfather you know apologized and told me his next plans for apologizing to the rest of the family. My grandma was also sick a little while ago and she almost passed and he had shared with me that he was the person that went to see her during her near-death experience Um, and he had told her that she had unfinished business which was very, um, I always love these moments because that's exactly when she came, when she came good, that's exactly what she said to my dad is I have unfinished business here and I'm not ready to leave yet. So when those sorts of things align, it's always amazing to hear that because you just, even though you're a full believer or you know these sorts of things, it's always fascinating to hear a human experience align with a very spiritual experience all in one. And after she had that near death experience, she was doing pretty well after that and that she has been. Yeah, she's not sick at all anymore that she like was, she almost passed and she's now back driving and walking. Yeah, no, she's doing really well, but this is, that's a whole nother story, Jada. The choice to choose to continue to live. So that dark being happened to be my grandfather and I was very mean to him when I was trying to sage him out of my bedroom. (laughs) I wanted to share with you because I now understand that not all beings are there, um, dark beings are there for the wrong reason and that they potentially could be someone that really does love you and they are trying to help. So maybe just trying to connect with that being before um, shoving them out of your house 
obviously making sure you're protected before you do that, but you may just be missing something. So that's my story. I hope it was beneficial in some sort of way. It was very personal for me. It was very intense and another big uh, episode. Yes, another big episode in my life, but yes, another huge learning lesson. So I hope you enjoyed me sharing. Um, Thanks for listening. Yes, and um, we will connect again on our next episode. Take care.